0: Welcome back to Hat Trick Lax Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the Three Garrets. Well, gentlemen, we are into March. Conference play for summer conferences has begun, and we're at that time of year where you need to get some wins and boost your RPI. We have another fantastic week ahead of us, and we've had quite the season so far. Once again, I know we're about to talk about it,
1: but just as a talking point, another shuffle in the top 20. I, I feel like every single week there's at least two upsets that I did not expect at all. (laughs) And I think this week again, I did not expect Georgetown to brief Princeton. I did not think that was going to happen. I, I Georgetown, I, I, I still don't think they're a top 20 team, but like they actually looked like what I thought they would be in that game. Finally,
2: I really liked what the head coach had to say after that game, too, because mm-hmm. he he said I forget what the quote was verbatim. But he was like, this is the first this is like one of the first times I've seen us play this season, not as individuals, but as a team. So I think that's a very positive um positive for Georgetown uh, for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: I was also just, this weekend, a lot of great games, but the, these OT games just drained me. Like, I, I watched the Lynchburg-Salisbury game that went into overtime. And then after that game was done, it was about halfway through the fourth quarter of the Maryland-Notre Dame game. And I'm like, oh, we're going into another OT. And then another one. And then another one. And yeah, one into three OTs. And after that, I was just like, I need to stop watching lacrosse for the rest of the day.
1: Boy, it doesn't help that you had heartbreakers in all of those games, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that put a damper on my mood for the rest of the day. I, much of... Much of what I took notes on from the games this weekend was yesterday watching replays. (laughs) Um, That makes sense. But another entertaining weekend. Um, uh, There's some movement in the PLL today, too. Um, Free agency opened up, and a couple of guys are on the move. Um,
1: I forgot they're doing free agency this year now.
2: Yeah, Marcus Holman signed with the Cannons. Uh, Will Manny signed with the Whipsnakes and oh. it's and it's reported that Mac O'Keefe is going to sign with the Archers, but it hasn't been finalized yet. But
1: oh, give me an O'Keefe Amen yeah. matchup. And we saw that coming, playing. please. Every,
2: everybody's stoked about that. Even myself, it's I, I'm being an archers fan. It sucks that Holman and Manny are gone because I really loved those two. And I really love, and I still love those guys. They're great players, and I watch them play in high school and in college, and they're just awesome to see. But you know they're they're on good teams. Holman's playing with his dad now, who's the head coach for the Cannons, so it should be a should be a very good season. I mean, I'm excited for the rest of the free agency.
1: Well, speaking of Amon and O'Keefe, I know their alma mater, his rising in the ranks this week. So let's get into our top 20. Voight, lead us off with the receiving votes.
2: So for teams who received votes, we had UMBC, who is looking really hot right now. Their defense goalie play is awesome. Um, Georgetown, we mentioned them. They had a very positive game this weekend against Princeton. And Denver as well. I, I thought they played a really tight game with – UNC and really brought it to them. Um, Big road, big road win for them. Um, But the rest of the top 20 looks uh, very competitive as well.
0: Yeah, number 20, we have Harvard still hanging on. Penn after another loss is at 19. Army with a comfortable week is at 18. Chapel Hill stays alive at 17, and Jacksonville, despite their winning ways, um, is at 16.
2: And at 15, we have Brown coming off a very controversial week for them, um, with a couple of seniors uh, not being available to play. And then Princeton dropping to 14 after their loss to Georgetown. St. Joseph's uh, sticking around at 13 uh, despite their loss against Hopkins. And Villanova at 12. And Ohio State is at 11.
1: And now going into our top 10, we have Hopkins rounding it out at 10. Like I said, Penn State cracked the top 10 for us this season. At 8, we've got Loyola. Yale is at Seven,
0: and then we've got Duke at six. First win in the Carrier Dome. Duke Blue Devils are at five, despite the loss. All credit to them. Rutgers are at five. Rutgers are at five. Oh, right, 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 right. right, right. (laughs) Last minute change, ladies and gentlemen. Rutgers is at five because they're better than Duke. A little bit. A little bit. As I was saying, Maryland is at four despite the loss. Hard to drop them after such a uh, tough game against Notre Dame. Cornell is really firing all cylinders. They're at number three. And Notre Dame of Virginia, number two and number one. I think they're at their own echelons right now. And uh, until they lose, I think they're going to stay right there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, UVA looks unbeatable right now. Um, And that Notre Dame-Maryland game, as I said, was awesome to see as well. Um, But I think contrary to last week, I had a problem of just having too many dog of the week nominees. Um, Just to highlight a couple of guys, uh, we got goalie Jason Teague from UMBC, 23 saves, four goals against. That's just an amazing day for any goalie. I mean, I would love to have those stat lines week in and week out. Dante Trader, who had four ground balls and four cause turnovers against Notre Dame, which is unbelievable, for especially for a short stick D-Mitty. Um, he also had a big hit uh, that made the highlight reel on like a lot of Twitter and Instagram videos um, towards the midfield line. And then Henry Vaught, goalie from Merrimack, had 18 saves, um, 14 of which came in the second half of that game against Quinnipiac, and eight goals against. So, awesome day by those guys. Uh, I also want to shout out Tyler Hadley, goalie for Lynchburg. He had 22 saves, 11 in the third quarter of that game against Salisbury, and 16 goals against. And in the last three games, he's had 60 saves. Dang. It's not bad. So, the guy's having a heck of a season. So... Really, despite the loss, I'm sure Lynchburg will bounce back, especially when they have Tyler Hadley in the goal there. But moving on to our dog of the week, not winner, uh, Jack Posey, defenseman from Penn State, two goals, two ground balls, and a cause turnover. He scored that second goal against Penn to make it 14 to 9. He was just fun to watch and played very well down the stretch of that game, especially. The first goal he it was more of a juice goal kind of got the guys rolling and then that second one was just the dagger that finished the quakers for the rest of that game just great performance by him and the lions this weekend they're fun to watch especially when it comes down to the later parts of the second half Uh, their entire team plays with a chip on their shoulder and passion and fires you up as a lacrosse fan so If you're not watching more Penn State games, go and watch them. I know it's hard because they're on Big Ten Plus, and that's a struggle for, I think, all of us here. (laughs) So, um, But, yeah, uh, as the season goes on, I'm sure they'll have some more primetime games on ESPNU.
1: Cool. Thanks, Voight. That is a solid game if you score two goals as a defenseman. The pole goals. We already said that last week, didn't we? The pole goals yep. are flowing this
2: year. Yep. Keep them coming, baby. We just manifested it. We just manifested <laughs> in pole goals.
1: All right. Let's review this past week. So we had 40 of the games this past weekend, and this is how we all did. Uh, Voight went 26 and 14. He is now at 124 and 49 for the season. Glazer went 29 and 11 on the weekend. He is 130 and 43 overall. And I once again topped out on best for the week with a record of 31 and 9. And I am tied with Glazer at 130 and 43 for the best record. So, with that, let's kick it off for our first game. On Tuesday this week, we have UMass Minutemen traveling to albany and i think i said this last week pretty sure i said last week but albany they look like a completely different team on the field than the one that showed up against syracuse in that first game of the year for them i don't know how they did it and (laughs) similar to that UMass also looks like a different team from the start of the season but not in a good way albany has all the momentum going for them right now. UMass has zero, especially their offense. UMass's offense is just—it's not helping its defense out at all. So it, because of that, I I like the Great Danes at home in this matchup.
0: Yeah, since 2019, the Danes are one in three against the Gorillas. They lost 12 to nine last year. Like Robin said, we've been impressed by Scotty Marth dogs this year. I mean, they are full of fighters, and I've cataloged it for the, th- the past three weeks. The Minutemen's offense is just woeful. I-, I don't know what to do. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're just not going to score enough to win. So last year in this game, Voigt took the Danes, and I will follow his example this year, and I will also take the Danes.
2: Yeah, despite that one and two start, Albany is playing some tough lacrosse, especially in the last couple of games. Um, and yeah, I don't have much to say about UMass. They just, their offense is abysmal. It's tough to watch.
1: Um, Woeful was a good word, Glazer.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to follow suit and take the Great Danes this week.
0: Next up, we have what's probably the marquee matchup of Tuesday afternoon at Homewood Field. Virginia is on the road, I think, for the first time this year, aside from that Florida event, and they're traveling to Hopkins, fresh off a great win against St. Joe's. This game, yeah, it's a top 10 matchup, but I don't think the outcome is going to show like a top 10 matchup. I think Virginia wins this one, again, rather comfortably. Do they score more than 20 goals? Maybe not, but it seems as though that's what they do, so they very well could. So yeah, I'm going to take the Wahoos. I, I,
1: UVA is undoubtedly the best team in the country to me right now, and somehow they just keep getting better. So I'm UVA in this game.
2: UVA is by and far the best team in the country, and they look unbeatable. I will enjoy watching them beat the Blue Jays <laughs> on Tuesday night. <laughs> Censored
1: version. <laughs> Next game we have up on the slate, we have. Mercer traveling to Richmond. Richmond needs a get-right game after being dismantled by UVA this weekend, and I think Mercer traveling to their place is a perfect chance for that. And if they lose this, then the season may be too far gone at that point for Richmond. So I I think the Spiders have to win this game.
2: Yeah, I like, I like the Spiders here in a bounce-back game.
0: The best medicine for the Spiders team is the Bears team on the road taking the Spiders.
2: Next up, Queens is going down to North Carolina to visit the High Point Panthers. Uh, High Point just had a tough loss to Jacksonville; they lost seventeen to fifteen yeah. uh, Saturday night. Um, but I, I don't think this game is going to be that close. I think High Point's the better team here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, High Point surprised me yet again. Like, they are playing way better than I thought, um, so much so that I think this turns out to be a potentially blowout one for High Point. So, yeah, go Panthers.
1: I agree with everything both of you just said. High Point all the way.
2: A little bit more of a just interesting matchup. Uh, Binghamton is going over to visit the Lehigh Mountain Hawks uh lehigh had a pretty scary game against navy i didn't watch much of it but i think it was Dryband who sent that text like oh no is Navy is navy gonna is navy gonna beat lehigh right now um but that didn't that didn't turn out the way that we thought it would so lehigh came back and won 13 to 10 binghamton they continue to play weird games for me and i'll point that out as well when I, we cover their second game but I like the Mountain Hawks here.
1: I avoid. I couldn't have said it better myself. Binghamton's hormonal and I think Lehigh did pull it out against Navy. They're more consistent to me. And I still think on it on average day, they are a better team all around than Binghamton. So I, I like Lehigh at home in this game.
0: Yeah, boys. I mean the Mountain Hawks are off to like a really sneaky three and one start. They win one or two more, they might be back in the top twenty. Uh, last year, Lehigh won this game 12-10, to 10, and I think it will be another close one. But yeah, I like Lehigh here. I just think they're better enough than Binghamton to get this one. All
1: right. This is a great Tuesday game. We have UMBC traveling to Delaware. And this is a UMBC that is off to a red-hot 4-0 start, with the focal point being a really Really, really impressive defensive unit that is only allowing 13.75 shots on goal per game so far, which is so incredibly low. When you also top it off with having, like Voigt mentioned, a incredible goalie on their team, so uh, they're coming up against a Delaware team that has now dropped a game to Michigan two years in a row in a game that we thought they would definitely win this year. Even though last year was honestly. Last year when they had this game, when Michigan and Delaware played, I think that was a nail in the coffin that made all of us think that Michigan was good before they went on their bad streak. And that was also when Delaware turned the key. So this is going to be really interesting to see how Delaware rebounds from this. I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. But I think UMBC is about to make a statement traveling to a team that I think is fringe top 20 and taking them down.
2: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one Tuesday night. Um, I do like UMBC's defense. I think they're playing very well. So is the rest of the team. They're four and zero for a reason. Um, but we were talking about it a bit before we started recording. That game against Towson was just a hard watch. Like, I turned it off when it was seven to two. UMBC, and I guess I didn't miss much because only three more goals were scored in the rest of that game. Um, but I just think that UMBC has a great defense, but their offense is not up to par. Like they had twenty two turnovers in that game against Towson, nineteen for twenty six clearing. Like the way their defense was playing, I thought they should have put up like ten or more against Towson. Um, Especially with the day that their goalie had 23 saves, four goals against. I'm just worried about their offense against this Delaware defense. And yeah, Delaware is on a bit of a losing streak. Second straight loss. But I still think they're a good team. I think their loss to Michigan this weekend was in part due to Michigan needing a big win against a big-time team. And they did get that. So I'm not going to knock Delaware off of it just yet. But... This is a road game for UMBC. And I just trust the Delaware more to win this game.
0: Easily one of the toughest games to pick this week. Uh, I'm gonna go UMBC with dry band, but I'm gonna be very reluctant about it. And I'm gonna be reluctant about it for everything the Void just said. Like UMBC defensively should have won that game at least by 10. But like they matched, they couldn't clear the ball like Towson. They threw it away. It just was an ugly performance, and I'm worried about that going into Delaware. However, what I will say is when Delaware was off to a 3-0 start and when they had to play against Villanova, I, w- I sat here and I said, what happens when this team has to play real opponents? And what has happened? They're 0-2. And I think because of that, they're going to be 0-3 instead of 3-3 and on the season. So go Retrievers.
2: That Towson game was also probably the worst clearing game I've ever seen by oh, two Both combined teams. teams
1: yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was awful. Uh,
0: yeah, I have not
1: seen the highlights yet. okay.
2: It's That's like tough. I think t- I think Towson was like twenty for twenty eight clearing. Oh, boy. Yeah. So not much going on there.
1: All right. Next game on the docket, we've got Bryant traveling to Fairfield in a game that is kind of similar to UMass and Albany. Uh, Fairfield is a good team. They they fell flat against Providence, and I don't know why, after a really impressive performance against Richmond. And for that reason, Bryant is a really, really solid squad. They have not scored less than 15 goals in a game this season, and they only have one loss, and that was an OT loss to Boston. So I think Bryant's just more consistent for me. I don't know what kind of team Fairfield's going to put out
0: there, so I, I'm going to take Bryant in this game. Yeah. My only further comment is going to be to say that this is a huge potential trap game for Bryant, the way that Fairfield played against Richmond. And then the way they played against Providence, Jacqueline, high performance. If the Fairfield against Richmond shows up, Bryant could lose, but because I don't know that I'm going to go with Bryant, I'm going to go with what I know this offense is really, really impressive. So yeah, I I like Bryant here.
2: Yeah. I like Bryant here as well. Um, but I think if Fairfield comes out and plays like they did against Richmond, it could have the potential to be another close game. Um, but I think either way, Bryant will either sneak away with it or win by five.
0: Next up, to finish our Tuesday, that's right, boys, the 3-0 and Dartmouth Big Green are on the road to the Hobart Statesmen after a very good win of their own against Bobby Moe. Dartmouth beat Siena this past weekend by nearly the same scoreline from a year ago, but that's right. They are undefeated. Hobart will unequivocally be probably the Big Green's toughest test right up there with Merrimack, Um, but we said it last week before Hobart played, the Statesman defense is concerning. The offense produces, but the defense gives up goals and goals in streaks. Some questions here because Dartmouth isn't exactly a high-volume scoring team. But I still like what I see from the big green. I'm a little nervous that they're on the road, but I trust the consistency of Dartmouth more. So I'm going to go with it. Dartmouth still at the top of the Ivy League standings. That's right. 4-0, and boys. Oh, you're doing a little
2: switch up. Yeah, live change. Yes, sir. First live change for Glazer this season. I would agree with everything that you said about that Dartmouth game. But I think... And granted, I am biased here because I did take Siena in that game. But I thought there were probably one or two possessions. I think the Saints were like one or two possessions away from tying that game. But there were a couple like iffy calls that went Dartmouth's way that gave them the ball back and took possession away from Siena. Um, not taking anything away from Dartmouth. They played a good game. They won the game. But I just don't think it was that convincing. Hobart had a solid win against Bobby Moe. And now I'm thinking, like, what kind of Bobby Mo team is this right now? Um, but I'm going to take Hobart here. I like them at home. Um, if this was at Dartmouth, I'd be more inclined to go Dartmouth. But I like I like the Statesman here.
1: I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Go Statesman.
0: Statesman! What a homer! What a homer pick!
1: <laughs> Gotta go with your gut, man.
2: Says the guy who's going to pick Loyola for the rest of the season. Uh, next up, uh, oh boy, jeez, um, UMass Lowell is taking on Jacksonville. Um, oh wow, Jacksonville—they're playing another mid-level, bottom-tier team again. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen, Jacksonville? I'm going to take the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Just, all uh, right, next game. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, we have the old Philly Four classic this week, which means that uh, all the Philadelphia teams will play each other on Wednesday and then again on Saturday. So the first one of these is Drexel at Villanova. I think this game is actually really, really easy to pick. Villanova's probably playing one of the, some of the most impressive lacrosse I've seen across the country to date. I think they're a very, very dangerous team and very easily could find themselves in the top 10 if there wasn't so much people beating each other. So, yeah, I think Villanova wins this one relatively comfortably, and I think it sets them up really well for this weekend game.
1: Yeah, this is easy. I'm on the same wavelength as Glazer. Villanova all the way they're a really really good team for me and Matt Campbell had been carrying that team and finally Patrick Daly showed up and he put up some points on the board against Hofstra if both of them are on I there's not a lot of teams that could beat this Villanova team I think personally so Drexel's not one of them
2: <laughs> I said something about Drexel proving me right either way about either losing to Sacred Heart or winning, but after watching a little bit of that game and seeing how the final score ended up, yeah, you proved my point like tremendously. So thanks for the assist, Drexel, but you're not all that. I got the Wildcats here.
1: (laughs) All right, for our third and final matchup on Wednesday, we've got probably the marquee game of midweek. Our number 19 Penn Quakers going to Hawk Hill, a number 13 St. Joe's. This game, both of these teams probably feel like they need to bounce back win, big time. And I think for me, the key thing you got to remember, too, is that it's just a combination of everything for St. Joe's, because this is also a revenge game and a half for them after that heartbreaker, heartbreaker last year in OT. And they have so many seniors that know what that felt like last year, still on this team after that game. And I think the difference maker is the fact that I think Saint Joe's offense is going to be able to outpace Penn's offense. And I I I think because of that, I like Saint Joe's at home in this game.
2: Yeah. No, Penn's gotta Penn's gotta figure something out, and I think it's just all mental with them. I mentioned it last week when after they played Duke. You know they kind of fell apart mentally, and then the in the first half, and then they had to pick themselves back up. But this time, when after they played Penn State, they played very well up until it got to nine to nine, and then just crumbled. Like defense had a couple of penalties. There were a lot of quick shots coming off clears that gave possession back to the Nittany Lions. Um, and that Saint Joseph's game. Uh, against Hopkins. I thought they were going to win that game like towards the end, but you know, a couple of calls don't go your way. Some of the refs were born on Charles Street right down the road. Um, so it might not have just been their day, but I really love St. Joseph's here. Their offense dodges with a purpose, they play with a lot of passion. I do think there are some holes on the defense that got exploited by Hopkins, but they still play tough defense. Um, and with just the mental issues that are going on with Penn right now, I'm going to take Hawk Hill here at home. If it were at Penn, I'd be more inclined to go Penn, though.
0: Preach, brother. Preach. I, I have a real question for this group. If Penn loses to St. Joe's, are they at risk of becoming Georgetown? And I know Georgetown just won, but, like, it's a real possibility for as hype as this Penn team is to become one and three. That is a very, very precarious position.
2: Is yeah. there a cut? Is there a cut line for the Ivy League tournament? Yes. There is. Is it two one teams. team or two two teams?
1: Two teams don't make it.
2: If they lose this game, they're one of those two. Three teams don't make it?
0: Yeah, it's a 17 conference. Oh, you're right. Because oh. it's only semifinals, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, they could they could very much well be bounced out of that tournament. So, yeah, I think if Paul Kill wins here, they're they're in trouble.
0: However, I'm going to take Penn. <laughs> and, here, and here's why. There's really only one reason why. And it's because I was watching that Hopkins St. Joe's game. It, it's one factor, and it's the goalie position. And like Scott McMillan, I know him well. I warmed him up for three years. Like I, I know him as a goalie. He's a great guy, and he is capable of putting on an all American performance. However, sometimes he can get in his own head. And the fact that St. Joe's has still not figured out this goalie position, the fact that they had to pull him, Fact that they don't really know who they're going to play, it's a concern to me, and I think Penn can exploit it. The other thing, Zach Cole didn't have that great of a day against Hopkins. Now that he's facing off against real face-off guys, some questions there as well. I think Penn's uh, back is against a very, very large and looming door, and I think because of that, they need this game so bad that I think they win for a third straight time. I think it really could be a 13-12 game for the third year in a row. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Quakers, but this is this has got to be in our TV Wednesday night.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely watching this game. Um, I'm also in the middle of, like, watching the Utah Rutgers game from this past weekend, too. So, apologies <laughs> if you catch some of the audio there. I'll cut it out. Um, but next up, um, got Lafayette visiting Army for both teams' second Patriot League game. Army we have at the 18th spot. Uh, I'm going to be real quick here. I'm going to take Army. Um, You know, that loss to UMass is looking more like a fluke week in and week out. Um, And they look good, but I think this Lafayette team, they're pretty solid as well, but I don't think they're good enough to beat this Army team. But I think they keep it interesting.
0: Army, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Boyd's comment. Lafayette keeps it interesting, but they by no means win.
1: All right, coming to the second game on Friday this week, another top 20 matchup. Honestly, this is going to, I think, prove whether or not one of these teams is for real and if another one is not for real, in my opinion. We have number eight Loyola traveling to number six Duke. Both of them seem like they're squeaking out wins, and Loyola hasn't looked the same since the first two weeks when they beat Maryland and Hopkins and duke is somehow grinding out win after close win and i think this game's kind of kind of define how the rest of the season's going to go for either of these teams and i i hate it i hate it that i'm doing this but i'm taking duke and it's for the reason that i just said is that all four of their last games they have played quality opponents Some of them a little bit more questionable in quality than the others, like Penn. But they are still quality opponents with good talent. And Duke has somehow turned the corner, clicked, and since that Jacksonville loss, they started to win close games. And I think for that reason, this is going to be a close game. And that's why I have to pick Duke, because they know how to grind out the close wins, and Loyola has had some questionable performances, like I said, since their first two wins of the season. So that's why I got to go with Duke in this one.
2: Yeah, I was very confident in Loyola up until the end of Wednesday night when Glazer and I went to that game. Because, yeah, it was a great game. Like It went into OT, and it was exciting to watch. But Loyola just went into an OT game against a Towson team who lost to UMBC eight to four. And I don't know if that says, I know it says something about Towson. I don't know if that says something about Loyola, but I'm intrigued about this matchup because for all those, for those points about the Towson game, Loyola also played a very close first half against Lafayette before taking a big lead in the third quarter. Um, And I'm going to mention this about Hopkins, but it's, but for Duke, they kind of have a problem on the offensive side of the field with just arrogant shooting. And some of the broadcasters mentioned that in the Syracuse game where they are getting the ball after a clear shooting the ball within 10 seconds of getting the ball and then turning the ball over and it's back on the other side of the field. So I think they're arrogant and undisciplined when shooting the ball. They took, a lot of shots, like I said. Um, they had 66 shots in that game against Syracuse. Granted, about 15 of them were hit on the pipe. Um, it's hard to trust either of these teams for me at this point. I really like Loyola. I really like Loyola as a team. I, they play like a unit, and when they're like playing at their best, they're one of the best teams in the country. And then – but Duke – is a much better team when they play in Durham, a place where the Hounds haven't won since 2001. So I'm going to go Duke here, uh, just off of that.
0: Boys, Loyola won this game last year, and it was their first win in this series in the prior five meetings. And guess what? I didn't do take, take Loyola. Loyola. Take Loyola, but like well, one time I didn't.
2: weren't they like 0 and five or yeah? No, it was a difficult?
0: Point? It was a difficult time for the program. Let's not talk about it. Um. <laughs> Two things here. I do not love Loyola on the road. They've shown to be a little bit iffy. And Duke is clearly getting better. But I made a promise. I'm going to stick to that promise. Go Hounds.
2: Oh, boy. I respect your loyalty. And I respect your loyalty for this next opponent, too, because I know who you picked. Yes, sir. Um, We have VMI taking on LIU. Uh, Battle of Bad Teams right now. Um, I'm just going to keep it short. I think LIU has some momentum behind them. VMI, they look like they are on a bit of a downslope. I think Luck has run out for the key debts. I'm going to take LIU here.
0: Yes. VMI did get thumped by Bellarmine. No doubt about it. However, LIU almost lost to UMass Lowell. Like, they could have very (laughs) easily lost that game.
2: I picked that game, too. Uh... (laughs) This so is many the, bad beats last week.
0: This is the first Mac Mac conference game for both teams. It is a long ways for VMI to travel, but VMI has just been one big disappointment this year. I, I've seen some positives from VMI. So I do like them in this game. But it could be interesting. And not one of those not great lacrosse games that turns out to be really competitive. Yeah, at
1: uh, L I U. I like that them way more than VMI in this game.
0: <laughs> you both wrong. But moving on. Next <laughs> up, Denver is on the road again after stunning UNC 9 to 8. They're on the road to New Haven to take on the number 7 team in the land, the Yale Bulldogs. Here's what I think about this game. Okay. Denver, yes, they beat UNC on the road. Great for them. Yale, however, I think they are Almost right there with Cornell at the Ivy League. Defense is getting better week by week. I do not think Denver can pull off another performance like they did against UNC. Furthermore, I think the the Yale attack is just way, way too much for that Denver defense to handle. So, yeah, I think Brandau, Lions, all of them have a great game. And I I like Yale here a lot.
2: I'm going to take Denver here. Granted, they haven't looked amazing. They haven't looked like the Denver team that we've seen in recent years. But they're not the same. Denver team we've seen in recent years. They did just win a big road game against UNC this weekend, who has one of the best defenses in the country. To me, I think the this Denver team they play up to these ranked opponents. They play very close and they play a lot harder uh, than some other games that they've played. I mean, they they probably should have won that Duke game, um, which they lost fourteen to thirteen. And then they just beat this UNC team 9-8, to eight, who I mentioned has one of the best defenses in the country. Um, and then you got a team like Yale, who is very talented on the offensive side of the ball, but they do have the same problem as Duke, I think, where they have signs of arrogant shooting from time to time, and their defense has really only played one full game the season and that was the umass game this past weekend uh mainly due to slow starts in the first half especially in the first quarter uh game against penn state we mentioned last week eight goals for penn state in the first quarter villanova also scored seven goals uh against them in the first quarter of their game so i'm not very impressed by yale when they play solid teams And I think Denver is starting to turn a corner into becoming a legit contender uh, for the tournament this season. So I'm going to take Denver, get on the bus a little early.
1: Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Voight, I respect that pick. We all picked Denver as our Dark Horse Team of the Week for a reason, and I think there is a viable chance they beat Yale. But I just can't do that. Yale at home, I like that too much. Like Laser said, they've got some great momentum going. I'm picking the Bulldogs.
0: Next up, we have Canisius on the road to Quinnipiac after a tough loss to Merrimack. Quinnipiac, are they the team that beat Brown? I don't think so. I think that was kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime performance. However, Quinnipiac is definitely better than Canisius, so take them in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm picking Quinnipiac not because of how impressed I am by them. It's because of how unimpressed I am. By
0: so Quinnipiac.
2: Yeah, I like the Bobcats here.
0: Next up, we have another top 10 matchup of the week. Pretty spicy one, boys. Tambroni's going to his old stomping grounds. Penn State is on the road at Cornell. <laughs> this is the game where the prior two iterations have been very high-scoring one-goal affairs. If we remember last year... Penn State came off that win against Yale. They had a heartbreaking one loss to Penn, and then they had another heartbreaking one loss to Cornell. So Penn State has clearly shown up in these Ivy League games. Penn State continues to be the surprise team of the year for me. I mean, they are just stunning me week after week. However, however, Cornell with Kirst, Adler, and Erlen. This is a very dangerous team that is playing much, much better week after week. I think Kirsch right now is the Towerton front runner for me. Um, I love what I'm seeing for Penn State. I think it would be incredible for them to win this game. I-, I can't pick against Cornell at home here. I gotta go with the Big Red.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take Cornell as well, but I'm going to be cheering for Penn State the entire game. Cornell, they're an awesome team to watch. They move the ball around on offense efficiently. Kirst is awesome. Erlin is awesome in cage. The defense also plays pretty tough throughout the game, too. Um, and it's hard to find something bad about them. And then you have Penn State, who is pretty much the most lovable team, aside from Merrimack, maybe, uh, this season. Um, They've looked great over the last few games. I think they play with a lot of energy. They play as a unit. They rarely get discouraged, which are all just awesome, awesome things to see in a lacrosse team. And they just go out and play lacrosse. I mean, they held Penn scoreless in the fourth quarter this weekend, which is very impressive considering the guys Penn has on offense this year. But it's hard for me to go against Cornell here, who also looks like an awesome team. And probably a championship weekend caliber team as well. So I'm going to go Cornell, but I really hope Penn State wins this game.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm I agreeing with both of you guys in this pick. I'll say that straight away. I like Cornell at home. I just, Cornell for me, there are four teams that make up the top four, and they are one of them. And they're I think the four of them, Maryland, Cornell, Notre Dame, and Virginia, are on a little bit of a different playing field than everybody else this year. And you're right. Voight. I, I mean, like I'm picking Cornell, but like, it'd be really cool to see Penn state get a big upset like that. But I just, they made me doubt it. Cornell did in that first game against Albany, but Holy crap. If they turned it around since then. And I mean, like it's not even like they had to completely turn around cause they still won that game. So I, I, I think that they're on a train that's going to keep rolling and, unfortunately the
0: nittly lions are gonna get run over next look at penn state is our fun team of the week like void said in the dog of the week watch this game because penn state is a very fun team to watch
2: yes sir next up uh monmouth is playing delaware this week uh Monmouth is coming off that OT win against Mount Saint Marys, which is probably the closest game Mount Saint Marys has played all year. Um, I think de- no matter what happens on Tuesday, I think Delaware wins this game.
1: Yeah, I. Regardless of what happens Tuesday, Boyd is correct. Delaware is going to win this game.
0: Boyd is correct. Dryband's correct. I'm correct. Take the Blue Hens. We are right.
2: We all <laughs> agree.
0: Um, all right. Next
1: one, we've got lined up. We have Drexel going to Hawk Hill, number 13 again. My boys, say Joe's. I, St. Joe's. St. Joe's is going to win this game, regardless of the midweek game again as well. Uh, both of these teams have midweek games. I don't think fatigue is going to play a big factor. Um, no, wait, Drexel doesn't have a midweek game. Never mind. Yeah, they do.
0: They have that Tuesday yeah. night game.
1: Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think fatigue's going to play a factor in that. I, I think St. Joe's is going to come out and
0: make sure they get this win, especially if they lose. <laughs> then they really need it. Yeah, I totally agree. If St. Joe's loses on Tuesday, Drexel will watch out. You're done. But if St. Joe's wins, maybe Drexel keeps it close just because St. Joe's is on that high. Either way,
2: they win. Yeah, this is an easy one here. Hawk Hill.
0: Next up, we have Richmond on the road to receiving votes, Georgetown. Boys, it's about damn time for the Hoyas. I mean, we all jumped off the train. I'm by no means hopping back on the train, but good for them. Man, did they need a win so bad. And they gosh. Got it. They yeah. won when everyone doubted us, or doubted them, I should say, including us. And I think it showed a tremendous amount of class for that team to pull off that win against Princeton and maybe their season isn't lost after all. If you look at their schedule, they have Richmond here. They have Loyola down the road. They have the big East. Like there's still hope for this team now. And all of a sudden their season has a different tone last year. Georgetown beat Richmond by five. I think Georgetown has no choice, but to keep the momentum going here after Richmond got embarrassed by Virginia, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, I like the Hoyas here. Oh boy. Yeah.
1: I, there is no chance that Georgetown by any mean feels like they are not the outright favorites in this game for like the first time in a game this season, maybe since the going into the Hopkins game and they honestly played at a different pace Specifically, one person for me, looking like watching the highlights and understanding that game. Declan McDermott, he had I think like three juice goals where he got shoved over, hit in the back by a Princeton player, fell down, and just got up, jumping and screaming and pumping his bench up. And this team actually looked like they were fighting and they wanted to win for the first time this season, which like Voit pointed out I think earlier or was it before yeah. we started talking. Um, no, I'm we, sure he'll talk we, about it he when he it. goes, but okay. Uh, like this, this team just looks so much better. And I think this is the first game going into it. I'm confident they'll win. So I'm taking Georgetown.
2: It's funny that Glazer is saying he's off the train, considering that he was the only one who ranked Georgetown this week. In our individual. I rank them at what twenty or nine? Like I, I ranked eighteen. These. Look, 18?
0: they beat a highly
2: ranked Princeton team. I mean, you know, and
0: they all like the, all their losses are against top ten teams. Like they're they deserve a ranking for me.
2: I'm I'm just saying, you might have a ticket in your back pocket <laughs> that you're not telling us about for the train. So yeah. I'm I'm just pointing that out. But yeah, I I think the Hoyas are revived. I think uh, you know. When a coach says after the game that was the most like complete game that we've played and the first game that we didn't play as individuals, I think that you have nothing but positive things to go forward with that. So I'm going to take them here. This will be Richmond's second game of the week against a much tougher opponent. I could see this game being close, but I think Georgetown wins off of a full week to prepare and having extra film for the Spiders on Wednesday.
0: Next up, we have Michigan on the road once more, going up north to the Harvard Crimson, the number 20th team in the land. Michigan, uh, look, they've played better. They beat Delaware, like we said, for the second straight year. Harvard, however, continues to impress a pretty nice win against Vermont. I think that Harvard has shown themselves to be a top 20 team. I think we have an interesting dynamic here because you have both Harvard and Michigan having played UVA and both of them having played UVA pretty well. You can say Harvard got waxed and they just kind of came back in it. But scoreline, both both those scores against Virginia were close. All that being said, I don't think Michigan can pull off a win like they did against Delaware. Again, I think Harvard is just a little bit better. And I think the key thing for Harvard is that their defense is really starting to come around. Sam King in that offense is never a concern. But keeping uh, keeping Vermont to, what, five, six, seven goals, that's pretty good. So I, I like Harvard here, and I think they, they stay in the top 20.
2: Yeah, I think this game is kind of flying under the radar, considering how well these teams have played as of late, uh, more so Harvard than Michigan, uh, even though Michigan is coming off that win against Delaware. Um, but I think... Michigan has a problem that we've talked about with other teams and that is what kind of team is going to show up this weekend because you know they played close against Hofstra they play they lost to Marquette and then they come up they turn around and blow the doors off of Delaware Um, whereas you know Harvard they're pretty consistent Um, I'm very happy to hear also that the first year defenseman Sean Gordon, yeah. that got hurt in that Bucknell game, he's uh, doing all right and he's getting better. So just very happy that he's, you know, recovering well. Um, and with that, I'm just gonna take the crimson here. I'm just not too confident at what Michigan team is gonna show up.
1: I'm gonna keep mine short, and I think this is, we all basically say the same thing. I'm picking Harvard, and it's because Harvard has. Shown very good flash in every single game. And even honestly, the Virginia game, the reason why there was a dip and the other games they'd done fantastic is Christian Bernard, their starting goalie. In that Virginia game, he got pulled After he let in his fifteen goals, he had two saves as a twelve percent save percentage. In the last two games against Bucknell and Vermont, he's been averaging seventy percent save percentage. So, To say a quick turnaround is an understatement, and I think that he's cornerstoning that defense that Glazer talked about at the beginning that is just playing fantastic, and their offense can put points on anybody. So I like Hartford in this game.
0: Guys, I think it's got to be Jacksonville's birthday because they have yet another cupcake. (laughs) I mean, they just have another cupcake. Oh and no, I mean, and I don't mean to disrespect St. John's because credit to them, they play Binghamton way, way closer than I thought. However, St. John's has got to go all the way south. Jacksonville is cruising right now. They are an absolute cruise control. I don't think they lose this game. I don't think it's very close. I think Jacksonville has another comfortable win. The one thing I'll say here is it's a problem for Jacksonville because they keep winning, but because they keep beating bad teams, they keep dropping in the rankings and their RPI. They just, they they need more help. Yes, Duke is good, but they need more help. So I don't know what they're going to do, but they need to win their conference.
2: What did I say earlier about Jacksonville? Yeah, good. Yeah, Dolphins. Yeah,
1: Jacksonville. All the way in this game. No chance. Of, no chance. Sorry. But they need to play better teams. <laughs> I want to see them play a better
0: team. Next yeah. up, we have Manhattan on the road to the Mount. Manhattan, they, dis- they disappointed me. I really thought they could beat Bryant. They almost did. It was a three-goal game. I am not. I don't regret it. Um, but I think Manhattan needs to take it to the Mount. Um, I'd love to see Manhattan pitch kind of like a game like umbc did against towson like i want to see manhattan keep this mount team to under five goals i think they can do it so yeah i don't care if they're on the road i'm taking i'm taking manhattan here i think this is a mac game as well a new conference game so yeah
2: first uh first maction game for both teams and it should be it should be pretty solid um i'm taking manhattan as well after especially after a tough loss to bryant this past weekend and they need a bounce back and i think this is a perfect opportunity for them but if i am a jasper on this team i'm going to be on my toes a little bit more in practice this week because mount st mary's had another tough loss to monmouth in ot and it's going to be a fairly similar opponent in, in manhattan and i think that mount at this point right now they just don't care anymore and they're just going to throw a house at Manhattan and every other opponent they play, so they can potentially ruin some other people's se- seasons and just get gain confidence throughout the year. So, I'm taking Manhattan, but being on your toes.
1: Uh, yeah, I think Manhattan comes out and makes a statement in this game and says, "Hey, that was preseason. Now the real season starts. Conference play, and they're going to own the MAC this year." So. And the first one to go is Nancy Marys. Mac.
2: Mac. You... <laughs> okay. Now, next up, we have um, Mercer uh, coming up to great state of Maryland to play UMBC. I'm just gonna say it right again. I like UMBC's defense. They play awesome, and but they're playing another inferior opponent who they should beat year in and year out like the other four opponent like, uh, like the other four opponents that they've played this season. So I'm gonna go with the retrievers here.
0: Umbc. Please, please give us the first shutout of the year. I want to see UMBC put a shutout. I think they can do it. I think that'd be so cool. Let's go UMBC defense.
1: Okay. I have been waiting all episode to talk about this one. We have The Lindenwood Lions traveling to NJIT, and boy, oh boy. What a game. I'm really going to go back on my word again after I fought so hard against it last week before they played Wagner, and I said I wouldn't do it. And I really said I I wouldn't do it unless it was a time I thought they truly deserved it, and they truly deserve it this time. I'm taking NJIT. I'm aware I said I would not take them again, but... They're just, they are, they have to be the clear cut favorites in this game for me. They have impressed me this year. Hence why I tried to pick, well, I didn't try. I did pick them against Mount and they just didn't succeed the way I thought they would. But they they have shown flashes and I, I, I have been very impressed with how they play. And honestly, them beating Wagner just put the nail in the coffin. And when I tell you, njit has a chance at history this weekend they have a chance at history because they have never had back-to-back wins as a division one program so i think njit is gonna go out there tie their highest win total for a season ever at two and get back-to-back wins for the first time in program history and they're gonna have a rager after that
0: njit i'm i'm juiced up for this game fellas Since 2015, NJIT has beaten four teams. That's right, four, okay? They beat Dartmouth once, they beat Monmouth once, they beat UMass Lowell once, and then they beat Hampton every year, which maybe kind of sort of counts, okay? The point is, this team is a very, very distant stranger to winning. It's not a part of their identity. But guess what, fellas? They're winning this one. Lindenwood will be a tough opponent, but the Highlanders, I'll be honest, they look like a pretty decent lacrosse team for their level and for their conference. Like, they've played hard. They took Sienna down to the wire in that first game. They played Mount very close. Like, this team could probably have two wins already um, with Dry and I love the Highlanders in this game.
2: Take them. Yeah, that was beautifully said by both of you. I I will say yesterday I did have Lindenwood on my picks for this game, but after looking at like some of the scores from NJIT's games, I you know, I'm just going to give the Highlanders the benefit of the doubt with the D1 experience that they've had, so yeah. Let's I would love to be a fly on the wall too for one of those NJIT post parties just to like observe just be like what goes on here
1: yes (laughs) all right now we have a game that is on the other end of the spectrum and a great game in its own right as well probably for more obvious reasons honestly we have number 15 brown traveling to number 17 unc and this is going to be an incredibly high-paced high action game with goals galore, I think. UNC needs a rebound win. Do they have a midweek game? Does UNC have a midweek game? No. 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 Okay. Right. No. I I think they're going to come firing all cylinders after that Denver game. And they're going to show that they're still right at that top 10 caliber level of a team. And I think this is Brown's chance to also tell everybody that Like Glazer mentioned earlier, the Quinnipiac game was a complete fluke and that they're actually where we think they were at the beginning of the season. The only thing that Voight mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Brown didn't have multiple seniors in their game against Stony Brook due to possible suspensions, including, and most importantly, Devin McLean. If these guys aren't in this game, I'm hands down taking UNC. If they're back, I am going to be much more inclined and may take Brown, but even with the disruption that this must have been causing the program right now with a leader like that off of the field, I just, I don't know if I can't pick UNC in this game. So I'm going to take the Tar Heels at home in this game.
0: Yeah, last year, Brown, I think this was a Wednesday game last year, Brown lost 14-11. to 11. And I think this was the first time before Brown went on their run where we said, okay, this Brown team is actually kind of legit. And then it turned out to be super legit. Up until we started recording, I I had Brown in this game. I thought that they would win. Voight is losing his mind right now watching this Rutgers game. (laughs) He should have watched it live. But look, I might like drive in. I might still take Brown. I'm really leaning towards it but I also agree with drive in. I think UNC needs this win almost too bad. And I think they've benefited being at home. So right now I'm going to take North Carolina, but I could change my pick. So I apologize for not being more definitive, but I just, I need to know more about Brown.
2: A little bit of a side comment here. That was the coolest ride to a turnover to a goal sequence I've, I've seen. That was so awesome. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, Brown, they're without Devin McLean and a handful of other guys. You know, uh, Terry Foy, the CEO of Inside the Cross, sent out something that, you know, the Brown officials sent to him. And, you know, we kind of have our theories, but it just sounds like there was an off-campus issue. Um, can't be doing that stuff. But as far as this game goes, whether or not those guys are playing in this game, I think UNC is going to win this one. Brown, they're very good at playing unsettled chaos ball, which is tough rides, turning into turnovers, turning into goals, which I just saw in this Utah Rutgers game. Um, And UNC, they're in the 90% club of clearing. They're also top 20 in cause turnovers a game and top 30 when in offensive turnovers per game, which is very good because they're in the – better percentage of turning the ball over and Brown doesn't even crack the top 60 in cause turnovers per game. They're at 62 or 63. I forget which one. And UNC's offense is also a top 20 scoring offense. So I think the heels are going to neutralize their chances and force Brown's offense to beat them in in settled situations, which I think UNC has the edge more so than Brown. So I'm going to go with the Tar Heels here.
0: Next up, we have Stony Brook on the road to Providence. Historically, Stony Brook has never lost to Providence. However, these teams have not played since 2000. So that historical data pretty much means nothing. I think Stony Brook has won when they should have won and lost when they should have lost this year. I think there's no game where they gave up or that they were a surprise team. Providence, on the other hand, they, I think, shocked all of us by putting up 17 on Fairfield. So I think they made this game more interesting. However, I feel like I know Stony Brook a little bit better. And I don't know kind of, it's been a mantra this episode, what Providence team is going to show up. So for that reason, I like Stony Brook here.
1: Yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as you, Glazer. I, the single bright spot and constant in my mind for Providence, is Ryan Bell, their standout sophomore, who is just an animal who can feed the ball, finish it, create his own space. But other than that, they're very hormonal, and Stony Brook I think, is more consistent for me. I like the Seawolves in this matchup.
2: Yeah, I'm... I'm just going to say, I don't know enough about either of these teams. And every time I look at the scores from each of their games, I'm just like, I have no no idea who or what these teams are. So I'm just going to go with the tide that is taking me and go with the Seawolves here.
1: Okay, you gents are going to hate me for saying this. But in this next matchup, Robert Morris at High Point, your dear Bobby Moe. Is a fraud.
0: No, 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 no. You can't say that.
1: They had only played cupcake teams until High Point. Or until Hobart. And they lost. And they couldn't pull off the win. And they were at home too. High Point, on the other hand, has played the full spectrum of teams. They've gotten dogged on by Duke. And they just took Jacksonville to the brink. And I think that that experience is the sole difference maker in this game robert morris has to travel down all the way to north carolina for this one i i'm
0: i'm I'm taking high point at home in what i think is going to be a shootout as well shootout indeed and yeah i mean high point is by no means a bad pick here however i think if bobby moe loses this one then you can call fraudulent but they've only lost one and a game in which we hyped up as being an incredible close game year in and year out very tough game very tough situation for bobby moe but i think they rise to the occasion i think high point they're good enough to beat navy they're good enough to play well with jacksonville i think bobby moe's unique style of play a little bit more tougher defense i just i like the way that bobby moe can neutralize games and i think quite frankly bobby moe just didn't have enough possessions on hobart game like they With more possessions, they score more, so I I, I like the Colonials here, but if they lose, fine, you can call fraudulent.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little early to press the fraud button on the the, uh, Bobby Mo Colonials, and I'm going to take them as well, Um, just because I don't believe they turn the ball over very much. Uh, High Point does turn the ball over on an average, 15-ish. So I'm going to take Bobby Moe here. Uh, High Point also, yes, they did have that big loss to um, Duke. And then they played a bunch of cupcakes as well, Navy being one of them. And then they played Jacksonville this past Saturday. But I think with that little rivalry that's been kind of going on, they just played to a higher level than they usually do against Jacksonville. So I'm going to go with Bobby Moe here because I think they're just going to walk into this game expecting to win. But then Bobby Moe is going to blow the doors off of them. So go Colonials. Interesting.
0: Dryman's face is full of disgust. Yeah. (laughs) I respect it.
1: I, I respectfully disagree, sir. Moving on to the next game, we've got Cleveland State traveling to State Bonaventure, and just like the last match week, just like we mentioned last week, uh, I think we can all agree that Cleveland State playing Ohio State and Notre Dame back to back during the season is the best scheduling thing they could have done for this team, and then taking a week and a half break or two week break in between that, and it showed against Canisius. And then for me also, Bonnie's just have not been consistent, period, point blank. So, I'm I'm going to take Cleveland Slate in this matchup for that reason.
2: I don't feel the need to offer an explanation for this one. So, I'm just going to say, go Cleveland State Vikings.
0: Let's go, man. Clean sleep for the Vikings.
2: Oh, boy. This is an interesting one. Because... The way Colgate has been playing and the way Navy's been playing is just tough roads right now for the Raiders and the midshipmen. Colgate's desperate for a win after starting fast this time against Boston after starting very slow in their previous other games. And Navy is just being Navy and playing up or down to their opponents this season, which provides me no confidence whatsoever but i like the way that colgate came out against boston you know tough loss they lost 14 to 8 i believe but they still kept it interesting for the first half and with a navy team like this i'm going to take the raiders here
1: yeah i i i'm on the same page as you void colgate has my pick in this game navy just i have no confidence in them like you it confuses me how they Yeah, uh, how they can play to a certain level and then drop down to a certain level. And they've done that in every single game, not just their losses, but their wins also. They do that. So I I like Colgate a lot. And I think, honestly, this last weekend, losing 14-8 to Boston is respectable. Boston is a respectable team. And every single team they've played this year is a good, solid competition. So I think this is the one. And especially, I know I harp on it, they're the home team. I like the Raiders.
0: You almost feel like Navy is worse than their three and three record. Like how did they get three wins? I don't know. It's because they played a new team and mount
1: as two of those three wins. true. there there, there you go.
2: And they were tied and they were tied with that new team through the first quarter.
0: <laughs> yep, like. Colgate is, for me, unequivocally the best 0-3 team in the land. They've played three very good games. That game against BU was probably closer than the scoreline revealed. I haven't picked Colgate yet, but now is the time. This team is due a win. It'll be close. But yeah, I think Navy starts 0-2 in the Patriot. They've, They've just been one giant disappointment this year, and they need this one really bad, but I think Colgate needs it worse. So take the Raiders.
1: Already next one. We've got Binghamton traveling to Fairfield and this one, both of these teams have some tough midweek matchups that I don't think either of them are going to win. Um, And because of that, I, I I'm taking Fairfield at home in this game. I, Fairfield has impressed me in games. Every single game besides Providence, I have liked how Fairfield's play. I like how they come out there. I like what they're doing. Binghamton, I don't know if they're the team that's going to show up that can win by a 10 or if they're going to be the team that got absolutely demolished by Lafayette. So
0: because of that, I have more faith in Fairfield in this matchup. I like the Stags at home. I jumped on the Binghamton train way too soon, way before it left (laughs) the station. That's my bad, everyone. Um, look, since they beat Marist, Binghamton has a one goal win against St. Bonaventure. They lost to Lafayette, and then they beat St. John's by one. That is by no means an impressive resume. Grant you, Fairfield did give up a tough one to Providence, but I do like the Stags here at home. I think Binghamton tries to make it a defensive battle, but I think Fairfield's offense is a little too much for the Bearcats.
2: Binghamton is the worst team to pick in matchups like these. Because there is a chance that they could play it close, there's a chance that they could get blown out, or there's a chance that they blow out the other team. Yeah. Granted, there's just there's there's so much weirdness with this team and to pick. So I'm gonna go with the stags here. I think the stags lost to Providence. This past weekend was a little bit just off the reservation. So I think they regroup and bounce back.
0: We have Bellerman on the road to Marquette next. I'm going to take Marquette, but I'm going to be very straightforward and say I came very, very, very close to taking Bellerman. Who is this Bellerman team? Where have they been? Good for them for winning games. However, I think Marquette. I'm going to go with the established program here. I'm going to go with the program that has a little bit more signature wins this year. I think that defense is pretty good. And Bobby O'Grady, living up to his freshman year, delivering again as a sophomore. I like Marquette here at home.
2: Yeah, I like Marquette here too. But this is one of those games where if it were flipped and they were playing at Bellarmine, I would have taken Bellarmine. Marquette, they're playing pretty well. They had that awesome win against Michigan. Um, Bellarmine's playing pretty well, but I think they have some stints here and there when they go on the road. So I'm going to go with the Golden Eagles here.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm taking Marquette too. Uh, the only thing that worries me about Mar- Marquette is that all of their offense comes through O'Grady and their second point scorer, Jake Stegman. And it's normally Stegman feeding O'Grady. And that's about their offense. So I think they'll find some more points on the board, but granted the two of them and their connection is a lot of offense by itself. So, and like you guys said, Marquette's just had a a better, more experienced schedule than Bellarmine has so far. Bellarmine's last three games are Canisius, Marist, and VMI. So I don't hold too much weight to the wins, even though they're great for the program, just not enough to make me want to pick them over Marquette.
2: Alrighty, this next matchup is very intriguing, and I say that with a capital I, because Princeton coming off their second straight loss against a another, they played Georgetown, I don't want to say that, <laughs> I was going to say elite team, but I, that's not the word, they're a highly competitive team, there it is.
1: So you mean they're good? You're saying you're calling Georgetown good right now?
2: No, no, no. They compete. They compete. They compete. (laughs) Kind of. But, yeah, um, considering just how Princeton has played the last couple games, I'm not too confident in them. And after doing a little bit of research on Rutgers and watching this Rutgers game against Utah, they look awesome. For a 5 and 1 team, and they look like they're in midseason form. Uh, they have home field advantage in this one. Granted, they are, it's not a very long drive for either team going which way, but Rutgers has a top 10 scoring offense at six, a top 10 scoring defense at nine. They're 13th in faceoff percentage, which is probably Princeton's biggest strength with Sandoval at the dot. And they're also 85% in clearing. They give up the fourth least turnovers a game at 12.6 and eight goals of eight, eight goals a game are assisted goals and their seventh best in scoring margin in the, in the country. So don't mess around with Rutgers. The, yes, they did lose to Army, but Army might be a different team than we thought they were at the beginning of the season. And Rutgers just scored another goal. That was awesome to watch. Um, they're just playing really well they look confident they look like they play as a unit and the stats tell you right here they're one of the best teams in the country and deserve to be a top five which we have them at our number five spot so i'm going to take the scarlet knights at home here and they solidify themselves as one of the best teams in the country
0: that's what i'll say i'm going to take princeton And I'm going to take Princeton for pretty much the exact same reason I'm going to take Penn. They need to win this game so bad. And I feel like this season is kind of the story of a team losing, dropping in the rankings, and then beating a team much higher in the rankings. I still, still am not convinced by Rutgers. I don't know when I'm going to be convinced by Rutgers, but the Utah game you're watching right now, boy, didn't convince me that much either. Like, They're a good team. They're a top 10 team, but I think Princeton wins this game. I don't know if Princeton's a better team. I just think they win this game. It means too much to Princeton. They won it last year as the lower seed. I think they win it again this year as the lower seed. I hope I don't regret it, but I'm going to take the Tigers. Oh boy. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 Glazer. I am fully with void on this one. Rutgers is a different animal, you know. I would have thought you'd be more inclined to call them good since they housed your Loyola team.
0: That that didn't happen. I don't remember that. <laughs> but
1: they just oh,
2: it was yeah, it was ten to six. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: They look. I don't know.
1: So good. I think, and I don't. I just I, there's no part of me that thinks that Princeton. It pains me because I was also on the Princeton bandwagon to begin the season and. Them and Georgetown, I was so high on, and they've just shambolic this year. Shambles. <laughs> Complete shambles.
2: Shambolic. I love that word.
1: And <laughs> I do not think Princeton's bouncing back in this game. I think it will be three straight and a low in a row. Wow. That was,
2: Words are hard.
1: Yeah. Um, and I just, they have to find offense outside of Maxi. Like, they're just letting him run and they can just, yeah, no. Rockers. Rockers all the way in this game.
2: I will say Utah looks a lot better than they have. This is probably one of their best games. Granted, they are down 18 to 12 right now, but they're still, they, they still look good.
0: Next up, we have another very interesting game. Sacred Heart is on the road to Siena. Sacred Heart is 0-5. But they have played very close games against Drexel this past weekend and Stony Brook. Siena has wins, a very close win over NJIT and UMass Lowell, and they just lost a very close one to Dartmouth. Much like Colgate is the best 0-3 team in the land, I think Sacred Heart is the best 0-5 team in the land. This team is playing like they are due a win, and I think Sacred Heart wins this one in an absolute barn burner a game. Put this one on your TV. It, it'll it'll be something special.
2: Yeah, this this should be a gritty game for sure. Um, because both teams desperately need a win. Um, especially when they're playing each other in this type of game. Um, Sienna had that tough loss against Dartmouth Sacred Heart. They probably should have beaten Drexel. Um, but they're due a win. And I think they take down the Saints here.
1: Oh, I'm happy that we finally get to pick Sacred Heart in a game and <laughs> feel good about it. I Every single week, yeah, just they've been inching closer. And I mean, their first three games weren't the prettiest, but by no means did they just let go of them and like forget about them. They've definitely built off of those losses. Clearly against Stony Brook, which I think is a very good side. And Drexel. So because of that, I'm going to take Sacred Heart. Siena's had a, a decent season, but like their wins are against NJIT and UMass All. That's nothing special to me. So I like the Pioneers in this game.
2: Next up, Boston is taking on Bucknell this week. Um, pretty sure Bucknell only has one win on the season.
0: Yeah, it was the Mercer game.
2: Yeah, a pitiful Mercer team as well. And Boston, I I just think they continue. They get better with every game they play. So it's hard not to take the Terriers here.
1: I, I completely agree with you, Voight. Boston, since their loss to Vermont to open the season, have looked so much better. Since the middle of the fourth quarter against Bryant, that second game, they've just looked like a new team. So I'm taking Boston.
0: Bucknell is just bad. I don't know what's wrong with them since Mercer, but they're bad. So yeah, take BU.
2: Yeah, where has Connor Davis been? Like, I I follow Bucknell on Twitter and I just don't never see his name on the score updates. Just like, yeah. But anyway, they <laughs> stopped giving him the ball. Um next up, Brian is taking on air force at air force this week um i don't have much to say other than this i'm taking bryant but i'm taking them very reluctantly and here's why i think they're the better team and they would beat air force any day of the week but they're playing at air force and from like the three or four games I think there were there were three home games. So I think I'm going to assume there were three home games. So they played three home games. Um, out of the three home games that they've played this season, they get close to the wire and there's usually a bad call or a very questionable call made against the opposing team that gives Air Force some momentum back. So I think the refs tend to favor Air Force on certain calls. And I know I harp on refs a lot, but just watching them live, it's just weird. Um, But I'm going to take Bryant here, and I hope that they win by a lot and take the game out of the refs' hands.
0: Two questions here, really one with two potentialities. What Air Force team is going to show up, the one against Denver or the one against Brook? I think Bryant makes them look like the one they showed up against Brook. I think it's a long way for Bryant, but – Bryant is like Penn State for me. Been a huge surprise on the year, and I think they get a revenge for a sixteen to ten loss last year. So I like Bryant on the road.
1: Like I said earlier, Bryant's offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. I think they're going to beat Air Force, and Bryant's going to move up to a sneaky five and one entering a uh, America East play. So watch out for them.
2: The top, like the. The spots between 20 to 15 are probably are going to be pretty interesting the next few weeks. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
2: All right. Um, next up, uh, kind of an easy one here for me. Lehigh taking on Holy Cross. Both teams' second Patriot League game. Yeah. Mountain Hawks. Mountain Mount Shells there.
1: Yeah, Voight. This is an easy one for me. Lehigh.
2: Fly, Mountain Hawks, fly. Oh, geez.
1: (laughs) Well, if the last one was easy, this one's easier. Maryland's going up to Albany. Maryland. I can't pick another. There's not many teams I'd pick above Maryland right now. I'll give tip of the cap to Albany, but Terrapins in this
2: game. I've never been so happy that Maryland doesn't play a weekday game this week because I think if they had, like, A Tuesday or a Wednesday game, especially after playing two games against Notre Dame on Saturday, they'd be pretty drained for this one. But I think you got to still be on high alert. You're in enemy territory if you're uh, as a Terp. And Albany's playing pretty well. So, you know, take care of business. Take care of the Great Danes. Win this one. I got the Terps here. Same here. Go Terps.
1: Oh, boy. This next game, we have UMass traveling up north to Vermont, and both of these teams' offenses have completely shot my confidence in them. But now I'm also unsure of UMass's defense after their outing against Yale. So I'm just going to default to what I default to, and
0: Vermont's at home. So I'm taking the catamounts in this matchup. Yeah, I mean... UMass beat Vermont 12-10 last year. We all took UMass. We all got the win. Vermont has just played poorly against Ivy League opponents. But as BU gets better, their win against BU looks better. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now for like the fifth straight time: UMass's offense is a problem. They need to figure it out. And I think because I think they lose it to Albany midweek, I think they would lose this one to Vermont as well. This UMass team has gone from potential top twenty. To fringe top thirty, this is going to be a great win for Vermont if they can pull it off, and a great building block for the America East. So I like
2: the Catamounts. Yeah, I'm going to take the Catamounts here too, but I, I I'm I am worried about their offense because I just don't know if those guys who got injured in that Harvard game are back. Um, do you guys know anything about that? Like, I, I have no idea. Okay. But yeah, are, this game is at Vermont. Yeah, yeah. I feel more confident about the Catamounts here now. I'm going to go with Vermont very uh, confidently.
0: Next up is our last Philadelphia matchup of the week. The number 12 Villanova Wildcats staking on the number 19th ranked Penn Quakers, both after midweek games against Drexel and St. Joe's respectively. Last year, this was yet another one goal win for Penn. Um, last four of these meetings have been split. The home team has won each of the last four. I'm going to be totally transparent. Right now, I have pen picked, but that is totally tentatively as a placeholder. I wish I could be more definitive, but I think this Philly lacrosse classic is, I think what happens on Tuesday is just so, so important, determining what happens Saturday, that I can't make an official pick until I see what happens tomorrow. So I'm going to say pen right now, but that very well could change ahead of Saturday.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Villanova here. I really, I just really like how they're playing. I don't like how Penn is playing as of late. I mentioned that they, I think they kind of have a mental strength problem going on. Um, whether that be in the beginning of the game or at the end of the game, um, just it's gonna it's just weird for me and I really like Villanova I think they play with an attitude and I think they come into this game looking at Penn being like I don't care how much people talked you up this season look at us we are a much better team we're gonna take you guys down I like Villanova here and I think they go into Penn and walk away with a win
0: yeah um
1: I am riding the Villanova wagon with you, Voight. I am more excited about this team than Penn. That's for sure. Penn has steadily declined in each game they've played in, I think, that we've seen this season. Villanova, on the other hand, besides the Yale game, in which they didn't do terribly, it's just their defense lost itself for a little while there. And I think as long as they don't do that against Penn... And Penn is a completely different offense than Yale. They still have weapons, but it's not Yale's offense. And I think that they have enough games under their belt. They've got some experience. I think they're going to get a very, very good result against Drexel. That's going to give them a solid amount of momentum going into this game. And uh, I have no reason not to pick them. So I like Vonova a lot in this matchup.
2: All righty. Well, Moving on to another, what I think will be a very interesting game, and I think this is a game where the ceremonies prior will translate to the team's performance on the field as well. Hopkins, our number 10 team, is taking on the Syracuse Orange in the Dome the day that they are retiring Mikey Powell's number 22 jersey. And... After watching the St. Joe's and Hopkins game replay today, I just want to say that, you know, Glazer pointed this out last week, you know, is there going to be a Hopkins dog of the week? And after watching that game, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, oh boy, just In the beginning of the game, you got Hopkins defensemen taking down three or four St. Joe's players when they don't even have the ball um, in like the middle of the hub, like five, ten yards away from the crease. They don't even have the ball. Why are you hitting them? And then, you know, it gets chippier and chippier throughout the game. There's some questionable calls made. There are some very obvious calls made. Um, The announcers don't know what to think. The refs are under a lot of pressure. But just I I stated it about Duke, but Hopkins has that problem on defense where they're just arrogant and undisciplined. They are a very solid defense, I will give them that. But just that is not I just how you play defense in lacrosse. That is just not how you play. They walked. They stole that game from St. Joseph's. And I think with the implications that Syracuse is playing with after coming off a tough loss against Duke and with Mikey Powell retiring his number, I think this game means a lot to the Syracuse Orange, and I think they're going to take take the Blue Jays down and show the defense what's up.
1: That's fair, Voight. That's very fair. I, I think Syracuse had a great game against Duke. Um, I just think that right now Hopkins is getting – ping ponged in between opponents and they're going to get walloped against Virginia. And I think they're going to come back and beat Syracuse the next weekend. Cause that's just seems like what they're doing this year is they just bounce right back after a loss and they put their stuff together and Syracuse just also, they, they haven't impressed me after in the last three games. I mean, yes, they went to, they took Duke to OT, but Did, I don't know if that was that one of us to mention it before the episode started, but that they just rode goalie will marks back because he had 27 saves that game, which is ridiculous caps off to him, but unless Will Mark can play a Herculean role like that again, I I don't think Syracuse is going to get a win over a top 10 team. So.
0: I'm going to pick the Blue Jays in this matchup. I agree. I think the only way Syracuse wins is if Will Mark has another 25-plus save performance. And I think Hopkins probably shoots a little bit more intentional than Duke does. And so I like the Blue Jays on the road here to spoil the Orange's special day.
2: Oh, um, sorry. I just wanted to point out before we move on. Dagnon. And Angelus were both injured going into that game. So who knows what they're going to look like in the Syracuse game as oh well. God.
1: Oh, good. Because they always have five players hurt every single week, Hopkins. Next game, we've got the Towson
0: Tigers traveling to
1: Virginia. Virginia.
0: Go Tigers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Virginia's winning this game. <laughs>
2: yeah, Cavaliers.
0: Our penultimate game of the weekend, Wagner on the road to Marist. Wagner, you, you can't lose to NJIT. You just can't do it, but you did. Marist, on the other hand, pretty nice win. feel like they're getting back on track a little bit. A game against Wagner is a good opportunity to get another win in the win column. Go with the Red Foxes.
2: Yeah, I like Marist here. Um, I don't think that Marist has dropped a game. Yeah, they're eleven and zero in this series, so yeah, I, I think they go twelve and zero here.
1: That's pretty good. I'm also going to take Marist. Wagner showed how they are not up to the level this year again when they lost NJIT. So I'm going to take Marist.
2: Another interesting matchup. We have our number eleven Ohio State Buckeyes and the number two team in the nation, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. To complete our weekend, week five, um, listen, I know I've been very high on the Buckeyes this year, but they are taking a little bit of a drop off. they're They're kind of walking towards the cliff right now. Um, and that's mainly due to just starting very slow in games. And they did it again this past weekend, too. Um, who did they play this past weekend? I forget, Cornell. Uh, Cornell. yeah oh yeah that's right um yeah just just they don't look good right now and this is a very tough slate for them with Cornell and then now playing the number two team in the nation Notre Dame who looks awesome who literally went to war against Maryland on Saturday so I'm gonna take Notre Dame here I'm until I see something different from Ohio State, they're not convincing me that they can contend in the Big Ten. I think I would put them at the fourth seed right now, um, which barely gets them into the tournament. But I think Hopkins is playing well enough to earn that third seed right now. Um, yeah, if they play well against Notre Dame, I, I might feel different. But right now, I'm just bleh.
0: I think Notre Dame blows the socks off Ohio State in this game. Notre Dame was very close to getting a first place vote for me this week. I almost put him ahead of Virginia. That's just how I'm press with this Irish team. So I, I like them a lot here. And I don't think this is like that good of a game anymore. Yeah.
1: The one thing, the Kavanaugh's like, I mean, they're phenomenal. I, this Notre, Notre Dame team is clicking on all cylinders. And for what you said, it, it is No easy task when you end up playing the number one, three, and two team on back-to-back-to-back weekends for Ohio State.
2: Oh, my God, they have.
1: OSU team is a good team, but you have just played one, two, and three in a row. That is grueling, and I don't know if they can pick up the pieces. The last two they've played, they've had home field advantage, and this one, they don't. So even less hopeful for that. Uh, Notre Dame all the way in this game.
0: That does it for us. Week five picks are now in the books. We are well underway, gentlemen. The season is quarter, third of the way over. It has already flown by, but it has been highly entertaining. Any quick final thoughts?
1: NJIT Lindenwood, baby. Get on the TVs.
2: I've said it a couple of times the last few weeks, and, it, you know, St. Joseph's, they're a very good team. They played, like, a top-10 team this weekend. They were down pretty bad against, against down to Hopkins, and then they just kept playing their type of lacrosse, and they came back, and they probably should have won that game. But, you know, um, stinks, but I'm surprisingly more confident in St. Joseph's now after that game.
0: All right. Well, that does it for us once again. Thank you again for tuning in. Be well, pick wisely and stay classy.